Wrestling fans, promoters, wrestlers, and anyone who enjoys pro wrestling now have something new to be excited about. The Wrestling Fans International Association, the WFIA, is back. WFIA is an association that exists to promote, grow, and support professional wrestling throughout the world. Membership is free. Your membership includes a free digital bi-monthly publication of the Wrestling Fan News newsletter, association updates, voting privileges, and much more. Please go to thewfia.org, that's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org, and become a member today. Everybody, this is the PWZ Podcast. This is Rick Del Santo. Uh, now part of ProWrestlingWire.com. I've got the Air Guitar Wizard, Troy Stevens, with me. The uh, inaugural uh, Tattoo Pro Champion. And now, as of uh, this past Saturday, well, not this past Saturday, but Sunday, but the Saturday before, former PAPW United States Heavyweight Champion. So, Troy, how's it going? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, well, I want to thank you for joining me here today. Is uh, we've got a lot to talk about, you know. Um, you're a guy that I wanted to interview for quite some time. I finally, actually, you know what? This is the shortest notice I've ever had on an interview. I've never just said, "Hey, want to do it tonight?" So I thank you for that. <laughs> so, hey, you said Sunday was open. You know, I'm free too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, I know this. Uh, some things that um, you know. Talk about, I guess. Uh, how did you get interested in this wonderful world, in the wacky world, I should say, of professional wrestling? Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I one day just Googled, like, how do you become a wrestler? I've been watching it for years and years and years, and I never thought, mm -hmm. these guys got to go somewhere. You don't just, I mean, I guess my naive mind, you just applied at WWE or something. So I Googled it one day, and like, you go to school. And I was like, oh, okay, let's find the school. Interesting, interesting. Now, I understand, did you train at Paradise Alley for a little bit as well? Yeah, I mean, I've been at there now at least three, four years with Roma. Okay, uh, yeah. And he's, a, he's a good dude. I mean, I, I was already trained before, but, you know, he gives me little tips yep. here and there to kind of sharpen up the, the tools. Yeah. Would you consider Roma an influence on you? I mean, he, uh, and what did you, did you watch Roma growing up at all, or I don't know? Like, I knew of ages? him a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember starting watching Raw when it started, so. Not to give away how old I am. Uh, but I remember the first few rows. I remember Power and Glory, of course. I remember a lot. Yeah. I did not super much because I did pay attention to like the Rockers more and you know, Demolition, yeah. Heart Foundation, but I knew who Power and Glory was and it was definitely yeah. cool to like now be on a, a super tight base with them where like I, I talk to him every week and we'll talk on the phone, like yeah. cooler stuff. I <laughs> I always thought that he was probably one of the most underrated professional wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling because if you watch him, that dude could really go and he put on some of the best matches on the card. If you like not just television where it'd be like a three or four minute match and you go to like a house show, he put on a really good twenty mat twenty minute match with like a guy like Barry Horowitz or Bob Bradley or sometimes Iron Mike Sharp, you know what I mean? He just put on he would put on the best match. So, and he had one of the best drop kicks in the history of professional wrestling. I'll just say that. That and he still talks about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually just ran into him uh, at the Cumberland Farms in Wallingford, so it's around the corner from my house. 
So I see them every so often. Like a, it's always at a Cumberland Farms. I run into them, whether it be North Haven, Wallingford, whatever. So, um, so tell me about your. Uh, how did you you got started? Basically, you found the school. Blah blah blah. And um, what do you what do you uh, do? You train with Mario as well over there. Mario's a good friend. Sometimes of the show. I, I pop in. Um, he does Monday Tuesdays. I tend to only go on Wednesdays. But a lot of times, you know, being a veteran, I'll go and help the rookies out, see what I can do. You know, you know let them get in the ring with me and. Because I remember when I was training, it was always a big deal when a veteran would come in and teach you something or show you something new, and uh, right, you know, at least just help with what I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who were would you? Um, now you kind of remind me of somebody, and I, I don't want you to take any offense to this by any means. Uh, you did sort of mention, and you mentioned the tag team that this guy was part of in the Rockets, but you kind of remind me of like Shawn Michaels. Who you consider that him like being one of your influences? A hundred percent. Oh, Only until recently was when I, I really started using a super kick a lot. Um, yeah. Early on. I mean, yeah. your, style, like your style and the way you move, that's like when I saw that, I was like, this dude has got to be influenced by Shawn Michaels. Like, seriously. It's just personal. I, I, probably, yeah. I probably watched the most Shawn Michaels matches out of anybody. Um, probably then, like, Bret Hart next, and then Dolph Ziggler as of recent, you know, in the past 10 really? years. Um, really? Because obviously, Dolph Ziggler has a lot of influence from Shawn Michaels in him and the way he sells and mannerisms in the ring, which I try and copy. And I always say what makes a wrestler very good is, you know, being able to to sell and, and make it believable to everyone watching that that move did something to you. Mm -hmm. You believe in the believability and less yeah. is more in professional wrestling. That's something that I feel like is um, kind of gone a lot. If you, uh, if you watch a lot of modern wrestling, Something here and there. Um, I was the same way though early on. You know, I was doing Canadian destroyers and you know, not really four fifties, but I was jumping off the rope, doing springboards, this and that. And uh, I realize now yeah. I I get much more reactions just from tuning up the band. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, like you had a uh, a really good match. Um, I, I I'm gonna jump ahead, and then we're gonna jump backwards. Okay. But I had the honor uh to take part in you met by one as a, yourself. And you are obviously the inaugural Tetsu Pro Champion. And you got to meet Sonny Kiss. I got the honor to be commentator for that match. I called two matches on that show. That being one. And I got to tell you, when you were tuning up the band, the crowd did start to go a little bit berserk and go crazy. I thought, and that place was packed too. That, there was like, there had to be like over 500 people in that place at one point. It was a tremendous show. It was so much fun to be a part of. I'm glad CJ and Harry asked me to be a part of it put the whole thing together and um i'm really thankful for sunny too i reached out and you know needed an opponent so sunny yeah. answered the call how would you rate that call or, excuse me i'm sorry how would you rate that match amongst your matches because i mean i um honestly i'm not the world's biggest sunny kiss fan uh i'm very old school when it comes to professional wrestling so much in the fact that harry uh likes to ruffle my feathers uh, a lot and, and take digs at me when we're recording a show uh, so, you know, I guess I'm referred to as the cornet in Connecticut in a way. So, <laughs> so I did not expect it to be that great of a match, to be honest with you. But when I sat there and I was calling it, I got lost in the match and I actually ended up having a really great time and thought it ended up being a really great match. So what, what was your opinion about working with, uh, Sonny Kiss? I loved it. Um, Sonny's very, very easy to work, very knowledgeable, yeah. obviously being an AEW for so long and. Mm -hmm. Having the tutelage of, you know, Gold Dust there and, and learning from him, because I think he's one of the main guys that talks to 
to everyone before shows and helps them out and trains them, I guess. Right. But Sonny called a lot of the match. Um, and like I said, just very easy. We had worked previously, so we already had an idea of, of what we each do and how to put it together. Um, right. And I definitely put it, it, I hate putting numbers behind matches because I tend to change them all the time. Um, right. And I don't want to make anyone feel bad and signal anyone if I'm like, oh, it's not top three or top five, but it's probably somewhere between my like top three and six favorite matches. Right. Cool. Cool. Man. That was, uh, like I said, I had a lot of fun, but um, circling back a little bit that you guys um, know, I was talking to Ryan Frost earlier in the day, you know, how you guys ended up basically in the finals of the Tetsu uh, championship tournament. Um, and you beat him. Now, to my knowledge, is that's okay. Nope, never mind. I messed up my sentence. You beat him for that title. And um, I had to, obviously, I had the pleasure to call him that match as well. And I thought that that was um, that entire show, actually, that, that tattoo show. I, I called two shows for that. And that second one that I called, um, was that Those Who Fight? Was that the name of it? Correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I even invited a friend that bought the ticket. And they said that, that was probably one of the best indie shows that they'd have ever been to. And I had a blast calling it, me and Nathaniel P. Carr by my side. Um, and Frost is one of my favorites as uh, far as a human being goes. I mean, you know, you guys had a uh, little rivalry going on there. And you guys, like, really, in the main event, you guys killed it, I think. So um, what was it like taking that title and being the inaugural champion? Uh, definitely a fun moment. Um, lots of nerves leading up and, and lots of curves or, or turns here and there because of the, the Vazriel not showing up. Um, every, just to get into the tournament. Just yep. waiting to like preparing for one thing and, and getting there and realizing you have to do something completely different um, really messes with your head a little bit. But um, before that, you know, I never got into the ring with Ryan. We have known each other for probably a decade. Um, always cross paths, but never in in the ring together. Um, mm -hmm. Talked to him on sh other shows. Would ride with him to shows. You know. Um, but then standing face to face with him, I, I realized he is a very big man, and uh, I always knew he was. But then until I'm standing, really, I'm, I would say eye to eye, but it was more like really eye to his pecs. Um, <laughs> I had to really bring everything I had because I knew he wanted that title, and yeah. I knew he was not going to go easy on me because we're friends. And of course, we're still friends, even though we have a little disagreement going on. But that sometimes makes the best rivalries because if you look at like going back, like Triple A Shawn Michaels. The best rivalries are always because they're friends and you just you grow from there um there was a spot in the match where i think that you both went over the ropes or maybe he went over the ropes and he landed i thought that there was a possibility that he literally wasn't going to get up uh, off the floor that maybe he hurt himself a little bit too much but he came back and ended up giving you hell for another few minutes before you uh ended up taking him out for that belt yeah um i wasn't sure what was going on uh because he is such a good competitor, I didn't know if he was faking it because that's what Azriel did to me originally. And I was like, I can't fall for this again. So I was like, I'm not taking the count out. I'm going, I'm going to get him. If hurt or not, I'm pinning him in that ring. Right. Right. Um, let's see. So you guys also now that match you guys met for that title, you won that. Of course, at the same time, parallel universe. You're the you were the Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling United States champion. Now you guys met two times for that belt, uh, according to my recollection. And Correct. you won the first match, 
And then I believe it was last Saturday, which was a live stream on YouTube, Mania in Paradise, El Rep's final show. You um, lost that belt in the TLC match. So what was it like uh, losing that belt? To, uh, to a guy that you definitely uh, ultimately beat the previous week for a different title. Yes. And, and, you know, maybe I got a little ahead of myself. I've been known to be quite stubborn. Um, <laughs> he had attacked me, you know, the show before, after I beat him, shook my hand, and, you know, deliberately hit me from behind. And, you know, friends don't do that. Um, right. Then he comes back and puts me, you know, through a table and everything. So I cut a promo. And say, you get heated. You get hot. And um, yeah. I may have spoke a little too soon, you know, challenge him to the TLC match, figuring, well, if he wants to fight like that, then we can make it fair. Until he cut his promo back to me and I realized this is what he does. He is a hardcore guy. I'm stepping into his territory and it made me the big underdog. Uh, I can probably out-wrestle him, not by any means of him not being a good wrestler, but my years of experience and I just straight up think I'm a more talented wrestler. Um, but going into his... <laughs> Going into his venue, his territory was was not ideal. Um, right. I thought I could use a few chairs, and you know, I let the weapons get the better of me when I should have just worried about out wrestling him. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> he got the last shot. You know, the Bama slam through the table. I I probably should have prepped a little harder, but I didn't. And then that's sometimes how the the table crumbles. I mean, you guys put on an incredible match. I, for one, is. Um... Did not expect that to, to actually happen. I did not expect me to drop the title. Maybe I got a little too much ahead of myself because you had beaten Cross uh, two times prior, maybe, because one for a different belt and you successfully defended the belt another time. So I don't know. Maybe I got ahead of myself. But um, no offense to you. I popped a little bit seeing that it was Ryan Cross winning a title. I mean, to my knowledge, he's been kind of, uh, he hasn't really been active in Paradise Alley that much. Um, I know he was there years ago once or twice i think it was last year he wrestled uh wrestled bull dread excuse me at the uh cadillac ranch and that was i guess his solidification to coming in for further bookings from there and you know i think he's a very talented he is a talented wrestler he just wrestles a different style than yourself exactly and everyone has their strong points and you yeah. know i definitely don't want to go back to another hardcore match with him yeah uh Speaking of that, so you've been watching, I guess, for since you were a kid, basically, as you said. You got interested, so you looked, Google, blah, 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 found the school, which is always the case. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's amazing how easy it is to find a wrestling school in your local area in, uh, say, 2023 as opposed to, like, 1983 or something to that effect. And um, I forgot where I was really going with this. Jesus. Um, sorry about that. But... Would you, how would you, what was your, what would you consider your, um, did you watch other wrestling outside of, like, say, the WWF when you were growing up? And, Not and too much. That, um, yeah. Only when I started training was I realized, uh, yeah. oh, there's, there's guys that do this. And I, I met them for the first time, you know, out of school. Like, oh, these guys yeah. do this on the weekend. Um, and I guess they didn't click as much because I had gone to shows before I started training. Um, mm -hmm. And I just thought maybe they were all just brought in with the names because I would go, you know, probably I can't even recall if it had to be like Eddie W years and years before I started training because I remember one time like Roddy Piper was at a show and I was like, oh, I got to go meet Roddy Piper. And I was, that's kind of where I started thinking to myself, like, 
who are these guys? They they all say they're local. It's always, you know, from this town. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, there's guys that do this that aren't on TV. Where do they come from? Are they hired? And, you know, obviously now I know there's just independent wrestlers. And once yeah. I started seeing that and then I would start looking up more things and, like, going to from WWE, then looking up, like, ROH and then being like, oh, this guy's big in ROH. Look him up and, like, oh, this is his independent work. And, like, okay, I, I get it now. Like, like baseball working your way up through the the leagues yeah exactly like the uh how do they call it the uh whatever i don't want to say the minors because i hate calling in the triple a double a triple a double a yeah because my opinion and I've, I've been a huge fan of the uh, i discovered independent well i've always kind of been somewhat aware because once i became obsessed with wrestling i literally searched the tv guide looking for wrestling as a kid so i'd always find these weird wrestling shows i don't like you know uh and then but once in the late 80s, early 90s, of this discovering what actually independent wrestling was, it became an amazing thing that it's uh, it's a, this whole different world compared to what you see on major TV, like mainstream television, the, the WWF, the WCWs, or now AEW and stuff like that. It's kind of incredible because you go to like, such as yourself, you go into like, say, a high school gym and there's a bunch of local guys, but there's something a little bit more intimate about that. You know what I mean? You get to meet and greets uh, that are kind of, you know, a little bit of fun. And the, and the kids have a lot of fun. You sign a little couple autographs. And, you know what I mean? What uh, was that? So that was basically your introduction to independent wrestling, basically, when you broke it down that way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where else have you? Uh, no, I spoke to someone recently, you know, Matt Creed, Matt Classic. He said that you worked down to his AIWF a number of years ago. Down, uh, that was actually uh, a really cool show because at the time yeah. uh, they did, they think they still do it every year. It's like the crazy eight tournament. Um, mm -hmm. Jimmy rave was, was at it. And he was actually one of the guys when I started digging into ring of honor. And this was like, you know, probably when like CM Punk was there big rivalry yeah. with Jimmy rave. So I, I was looking up his stuff and I was like, wow, this guy's very, very talented. So that was one of the first few times where I went to a show like, that I was on at the same level as this guy that I looked up to. And right. That was really fun. Uh, talk to him and um, believe it or not, which is fine. I'm usually a very humble guy, but um, I actually wrestled Lee Moriarty on that show. And oh, he, wow. he was just starting out. And I, I looked back recently at YouTube uh, to see if anyone had it. I found it somewhere. Um, he might've only been a, a year in at that time. And it was just funny. Cause I, I knew who he was, but I didn't realize who it was until, you know, obviously years later and he got signed and I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? Like I, it couldn't click at first. And then, uh, someone brought something up and I, I Googled something. And I was like, Oh, I wrestled him. So that was kind of a fun little trivia now that I have. I believe the crazy eight is coming up again. Uh, I believe because I, I speak to Matt on a semi-regular basis. He sends me, uh, guess a good portion of my guess a lot of times if uh he wants people to if he wants people you know to get some a little of attention he wants his promotion obviously to get some attention which i'm always uh willing to help out and get people on and uh he's a great guy so yeah that crazy eight thing is coming up and i believe there's like a two-day festival coming up at some point uh they host a two-day Second anniversary show over uh, AIWF. So I believe myself and the uh, the, the House of Pain maybe uh, heading down there. Uh, Just for, I'll, for I'll have to maybe shoot a message if I can get uh, get an invite to another tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth it. You know, you're talking about Jimmy Rave. I remember watching Jimmy Rave uh, working be- prior to Ring of Honor when he was working with like NWA Wildside. And uh, and it's funny because I have text messages from Jimmy Rave that I'll never delete because we were literally having. He's been a guest on this show, and um, it's just one of those things that it's uh, it was just like he messaged me, and then literally like two weeks later he had passed on. So it's like one of those things that's just like, geez, I, I can't really ever delete these messages. You know what I mean? To be kind of like messed up. But he was he was a decent interview. Uh, but, you know, um, he was a good guy, I think. You know, suffered a little yeah, bit, but I, he was a good guy. I only got to, you know, talk to him that one time. Um, and I yeah. remember that he was super cool. Like on Twitter, every now and then I would, you know, shoot him a tweet or ask him something. He'd always respond. So I always yeah. like guys do that because it shows that they, they take the time to help out like the other boys or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so where else do you work outside of the uh, two companies that were named uh, currently? Because uh, those are the only ones that I really kind of bump. I mean, a lot of the Northeast uh, Connecticut stuff is what I keep up on. So uh, what about uh, where else do you work besides that? Right now, not too much. Um, I was doing a lot of WFA in the first half of the year. Um, kind of blanking out of the places here and there. I'd say the last couple of years, I've taking less bookings, not by any real reason other than just I'm getting older and I, I like to just stay close now. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I, I would travel every, you know, you get four guys jump in a car and go to Ohio and it's just not really feasible anymore. And I don't want to sit in a car for 11 hours. So I've been just taking stuff recently or closer and um, it gets booked up fast just because if you have, PAPW running every month and then Tetsu running and then you have like well I worked BST a few times. Um right. Um so there that's like three weekends already if if those three are running, then you have the United by one show, which takes up a weekend, and then sometimes I just enjoy a weekend off. So there's a rumor that uh rumor floating around about the next year's United by one that it may be uh, a two day event. Not exactly certain on that but you never know so that's the rumor. i'd be down for that work both days yeah yeah it was a i gotta tell you it was a blast and you know i'm a i just i love the connecticut wrestling it's actually the northeast and you know i do work in massachusetts as well but connecticut is just um it's like a hotbed right now for professional wrestling we have like five or six different companies here and they're just each one brings their own brand and bring their brings their own style i guess you can say and there's a lot of interchangeable parts between the, the five or six promotions, and it's just a it's a it's a really fun thing that's going on here in Connecticut right now. Yeah, I, I feel uh, I may be a little cranky vet about some things. I, I feel like almost there's too much going on in Connecticut. I, I'm worried about it diluting the areas, and then I don't yeah. want people to get turned off to certain promotions. I don't want anyone to fail by any means, right. but I just don't want too many people running at the same times, so and then families understandably not being able to buy tickets every weekend of the month because they go to one and they don't want to go to another and then they have to choose or if you run the same day you know you make the fans choose and it's always it's always bad in the long run uh that's i mean it's not i don't want to say this the wrong way but it's not just like you know the area having so many much wrestling it's wrestling as a whole like there's literally wrestling seven days a week uh, on between internet, 
television, all that stuff. Like every major company is hosting the show. You can watch any. So it's like there's a lot of things that are just going on right now in professional wrestling. It's probably really just a big boom. It's a great big boom, but uh, you know, there's just so much of it. You got to pick and choose like what it based on what you like really right now. Yeah, it's true. And like I said, even I have trouble getting some friends to come because they they kind of get tired of me asking. I'll be like, hey, do you want to come to Tetsu? Hey, do you want to come to United by One? Hey, do you want to come to PAPW? They're running three weeks in a row, and I'm asking them for you know $25 a pop every week. It, yeah. They just eventually are like, listen, we can't go to every single show. There are some that do, and I appreciate those ones, but you know, I get if you, I'm just asking one person, and if you, know, you had a family and a couple kids, and you know, it's not WWE, but still $20 a person to get in, 60 bucks to get into a show, ask them to do that two, three times a month. You know, it adds up. It adds up. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, I mean, um, they're going to have a fun time, basically. That's what, you know, I mean, I know it's expensive to, if you're doing that. So, yeah, it's, I guess the dilution. And there's a lot of times where a lot of these companies run on the same exact night as well. Say there's a Saturday, there's like four or five shows in state. That's, um, that's always something to me that's a turn off. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's a major pet peeve. And I've heard so many stories and talk to different promoters about why certain people do it. And um, hopefully I don't say anything too much or put blow any or throw anyone under the bus. But um, it's always <laughs> like, you know, oh, that person's running, so I'm going to run mentality. And I can't stand that. Um, yeah. I've told some people in Tetsu sometimes, like, if I have a show or someone else, I was like, dude, don't even run. Don't. Don't even try. And it's not because I don't think we could draw or outdraw or anything like that. Like, don't make any fans choose. Just run a different yeah. day if you can and let them be a, have the opportunity to at least come to both. Because I never want to put any fan to like, hey, pick him or me. And that's the way it has to be. I it just, it's just a, like I said, it's a pet peeve. It's a turnoff. It makes me sick. I, I, I don't like it. One of the things that drives me crazy is I'm sure you know the one bigger company out of the area or the biggest company out of the area that they'll see that there's probably two shows running on a Saturday. And so they'll just run a show, come in, say, hey, we're running a show and stack up the show. And then there's less people that say either Paradise Alley or Coliseum, which is, you know, I do a lot of work for them. There's just ends up being, oh, look, there's 60 people at this show. 300 or at another show or maybe even a thousand depending on well what building they're running you know exactly. that's the thing that, that drives me crazy is people that come in and try to take take your uh take your fans all together i mean you know, if as long as you've been around and i've been along we all know wrestling's never going to change no 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 but i'm always complaining all we want but it's it's going to keep happening so is there i don't want I've been watching wrestling for close to 40 years, if not, you know, I'm going to be 49. So uh, I've been watching it close, you know, over 40 years. I just have, it's not something that's going to go away. I'm going to stop for like a year, maybe, but I'll always come back. It's that's been that way so many times in, in life. But uh, it's, it in a sense, me, me uh, myself being involved in the industry, you know, for the last five or so years, I've seen there's a lot of BS that happens, but you just got to turn turn the other cheek that's it i try not to have heat with anybody i try to be friendly literally with every single person it's very few and you know who you are um so you know i just try oh, to I, have fun yeah no, i'm the same way now uh definitely a hothead years ago definitely burned bridges hardcore definitely told people my opinion certain times and but i also feel like sometimes you, you have to be and 
or you have to be that guy. If someone doesn't stand up, sometimes you just have to. And, and right. sometimes I ate shit. Sometimes I didn't. But at least either the promoter knew what I where I was coming from, and I said my piece. And if we didn't see eye to eye, then that's fine. But I always right. feel like I had dignity for myself to at least stand up for something. Yeah, you got to stand up for what you believe. Um, is there anything that you have coming up that uh, you want to push out there? To let, get, uh, let people know? There's the January big things. January 6th, yeah. yeah um, they just announced me versus Lucas Chase for the Tetsu yep. title, which is, um, I'm going to have to put in some work for that one. I've wrestled with him before. He's super, super good, but he is amazingly he, intense. Yes, he is. And uh, Matt DeCourt always makes fun of me because I'm always a guy that just puts over Chase and, and absolutely become like this huge fan because, like you said, he's intense. He, and some there's a lot of times he'll go out there and he'll just pick his opponents apart and he'll put on literally the best match of the show. That's just my personal opinion. But. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Him and Fuego uh, were bonkers. And oh, they killed Yeah. I, I, I watched it just it, just mind blown. And then, um, which is funny, I'm telling Xander, I'm like, wow, this match is so great. And he's like, yeah, we'll get ready because you're going to wrestle it next. And I was like, oh boy, I better start hitting the gym and hitting the training room real hard because uh, as good as and big as Ryan is, Lucas is a big dude too. He hits really hard. Oh. And, um, we're going to definitely have fun. I mean, it's going to be a great match and it, it's going to really, I, I'd love to say I'd go in and just leave with the title, but it's not going to be that easy. There's definitely yeah. going to be, there's going to be back and forth and, and someone's going to have to walk out of there. We're going to see, hopefully I'm the better man, but you know, I don't want to sound too unconfident either, but Lucas is very yeah. good. No, I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. I'm really looking forward to that, uh, that one. Um, what else do you have coming up? I think there's a Paradise Alley show in January. They announced, I don't yes. know. January 20th, uh, as yeah. far as I know, is the date right now. I, I don't think it's going to change. Um, okay. And I haven't talked, actually, this is like breaking news with you right now, is, is I'm going to probably invoke my rematch clause with Ryan. Um, okay. And, and say, I hope it's it's granted. And I don't have, I don't think he would not show up. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd be more than willing to to go again and uh i hope i can win that belt back i mean you gotta be um gotta be more prepared if it's just a straight match then you know you probably have a really good chance if you can just out wrestle them if it's some sort of gimmick match you gotta be careful yeah exactly uh well hopefully management just gives me a regular match and we don't need to go too crazy yeah yeah uh is there anything else uh that's coming up or is that it for now that's it right now uh I chose to take most of December off. Um, like I said, I, I did a lot leading up through September, October, November, and just wanted a few weeks to myself. And then with Christmas season and all that, you know, I, I know it kind of gets a lull for wrestling anyway, because right. less, less places run, you know, families are buying gifts and spending money on the holidays. And uh, I said, you know what, right. if I got big stuff coming up in January, why just take December off, relax, you know, heal up a little bit, which I always need. And uh, just get ready for the new year. Well, uh, why don't you tell everybody where you could be found on the uh, social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, Instagram, TS Factor, Troy Stevens, or The Troy Stevens on Twitter. Troy, I want to thank you for coming on. We're going to have to do this again sometime. But if you win that United States title back, uh, let's make a date for the following day so for you to come back. Absolutely. I, I would love to be on here again. Died a blast tonight. <laughs>